Welcome to Mama's Baked. We're Laura and Bridget, and we're your favorite cannabis advocates. We've been there, done that, and everybody asks us about it, so we decided to start Mama's Baked, and here we are talking about everything cannabis. The latest news, lifestyle, and wellness information with lots of fun baked in. Every Thursday, join us as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share us with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. It's another week of Mama's Bait. And what a week it has been. Huh. <laughs> Always. Always, right? Oh, I am loving the weather this year. I will just start off saying, you know, last I've been up in Sedona now for four years, and I spent another 30 before that suffering and bitching my way through Phoenix summers. And not once was I ever not shocked by how freaking hot it was. However, (laughs) like, you know, it's the same shit every year. It's hot. One degree, two degree different from 115. I mean, basically just three months of 115, deal with it. It's not new. But no, 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 no. I had to bitch and complain every year. So up here, oh, except with the exception of maybe last summer was pretty freaking hot. I swear it's been a month of monsoon weather up yes. here. Here too. It's been a little hot and a little muggier, but... In general, you can look forward to cool mornings and and rainy afternoons or evenings, and I am loving it. Loving it. <clears throat> yeah, this has been the best monsoon season like since that I recall since moving here, like 2005, 2006 was like the last time I recall having a monsoon like this, where over and over and over. Yeah, it was like days and days of just. It's not even like it's necessarily cloudy per se. It's just cooler, damper. The clouds do come out. So, you know, yeah, it's just, it's muggy, but it's been awesome. And the storms, oh my goodness, Mm. I love the lightning storms we get. We've had, you know, my dogs have never really been bothered by storms. And we've had some thunder up there, up here this year that have made my dogs go ape shit. You know, shook the house kind of thunder. And they're like, whoa, that's crossing the line, barking, barking, running around. And, and that's even my deaf dog. So, you know, it's like yeah. my house. No, dogs know. Dogs know what to be afraid of. And the truth is, like, I when I first came here, 2005, 2006, I would sit out in my backyard and, like, look at the storms. Like, I didn't have a healthy and appropriate fear of the light. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Yeah. Uh, this year, actually, a friend of mine, her son and his friend got hit by lightning. Is that the story I saw on the news? Yes, that was my friend's. <gasps> oh, I saw yeah. that. Granity's had a miraculous recovery. They thought he was going to die for sure. They thought he was dead right then. Uh, Yo, that was on the news. Like, the photograph uh, of him getting hit was gut-wrenching. Yeah. Uh, it was a, like a security camera from a house right there across yeah. the street. Him and his friend were just walking through the park during the storm. It's not like they were you know, out there with kites or nothing, you know what I'm saying? They were just walking across the park and boom, got struck by lightning, both of them. It actually went through my friend's son and into the other kid through his hip. Like, oh. you know, 
close to each other, probably through a phone or I don't, you know, what have you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> massive. Oh, massive. Stuff, but okay. Yeah, they are both recovering. Um, I'm pretty sure my friend's son is still in the hospital right now, but, you know, he's walking and talking. And they thought he Good. was dead. So, Good. you know. Well, they... My mom got electrocuted when she was younger, like in the 70s. She plugged something in, and it zapped her ass across the room. Wow. She literally said it was the only time in her life she didn't feel depressed. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, she was definitely chronically depressed. Wow. But she had her own little home ECT, electroconvulsive therapy home version. Oh, Lord. And it was effective. He saw the video the next day when he did, you know, kind of like come out of the coma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was like, that is so cool. (laughs) Typical, typical kid. I would be so happy someone got that on video, though. I mean, personally, like. Right? I mean, life, you've got that? Yes. What do they say? Those, um, you know, one in a billion or whatever the odds are. And they always joke about, you know, you've got a better chance of getting hit by lightning. And he's like, dude, dude happened. Me get hit by lightning. <laughs> so apparently I can do anything. But yeah, he's recovering. So that's great. But it was really touch and go there for a minute. So crazy. how you learned about your healthy um, appreciation of storms. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, oh, oh my goodness. I could have got zapped every time. Oh, let me just stay inside while I watch this. I'm just going to open up all the windows Yeah, inside and watch this storm. Yeah, it's crazy. We have a, the, um, the thunder and lightning up here is just photographic genius. There's people out doing these photos that I, and we're in, we're also called a dark city. So if it's a storm at night, we don't have um, city lighting that affects the photo shoots of said storm. Right, so right. yeah, if you ever need some storm motivation, folks, you can always Google Sedona lightning storm videos. They are amazing. Right. Pretty place to be. I still, however, at that all being said, um, can't freaking wait for fall right it's so hot me too but uh, i'm all on my garden right now right it's like it's it is gorgeous but it is still so muggy down here that i can't get myself working on my garden you know on my backyard you know we've got the new house and i want to do a bunch of stuff on my yard but i'm like i cannot do it for longer than an hour at a time right now so i'm just waiting for you know like september to hit when i can really bear it Mm. Um, on the good side, I did get my mango tree in the ground ago. I got it in, you know, maybe a month or two ago when we first, ah, about a month ago probably. And over the last like two weeks or so, it has sprouted like three new branches. Oh, how it's exciting. Home, yes. And they're all just full of leaves. It's so great. I'm so excited. I can't oh, wait. Can't wait. Yay. So, Yay. anyway. Chef will make some mango salsa. Yeah, I'm going to be making mango everything, I hope. It actually produced one mango this year, 
um, it produced several more, but it, it had one that actually hung on and grew, you know, really big. But then I ended up cutting it off before it was really ripe because of when I needed to plant it and what I want, you know, I wanted it to yeah. put the pattern to the roots, not the fruit right then. So I'm just hoping and praying that that wasn't the only fruit it ever produces in life and that I <laughs> no. on it and, and it's just too dang bad and now I'm going to have 15 years of a big old mango tree with no fruits. <laughs> it's not the case. <laughs> yeah, like, you took my firstborn from me and I will never give you another. <laughs> bite tree. You would name it the bite tree. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're probably okay. Okay, uh, good. So this week we are digging into a super, super, super um, confusing, confusing, <laughs> confusing topic. Also, kind of a deep, and it's it's one of those. Like last week we kind of mentioned how it's uh, funny. Like I don't know if I said the word dichotomy right, but the, the 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 situation we're dealing with between you know loving the convenience we're getting and being lulled to sleep, so to speak when it comes to paying attention to laws that are being passed, how they're being passed, what they look like, who they do and don't protect and how. And this is one of the great examples of that is this conversation of decriminalization versus legalization. So I don't know, do we want to dive into it or should we take a quick break first? Um, what are you smoking this morning? I am playing with my new little toy. Um, Oh, well, that sounds quite sexual. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> not that kind of toy. Okay. I don't, I don't have any new ones of those. I have my old True Blues. Just no, true. Um, one of my new favorites is the Pax Era. Yeah. And other than the fact that I'm not a big fan of fruit flavors that they tend to flavor their pods with, um, this morning I am smoking a little vapor of Skittles. Is uh, hybrid. I like that stuff. I've had that before. And then they also flavor it sort of like a Skittle flavor, which I'm not a fan of. But the um, medicine is quick and effective. I really love it for its convenience and all those, you know, the non-scent. There's literally no scent. Um, or there's a fruity scent. So no, there is no no thought for a second that this tiny little flat black pencil looking thing is a cannabis um, tool. And you're putting a concentrate in it. It's a concentrate uh, cartridge. You you purchase the cartridges to put in it. So they're preloaded. Vape thing? The what? It's kind of like a vape pen, right? Correct. Correct. Nice. And it just doesn't look like what I um, think are the benefits of this, perhaps for people who share their home um, with others, either roommates or people under the age or people without cards. Um, this particular little tool is lockable from your phone. So oh, nice. uh, it attaches to your app. You just kind of wave it by your phone and load it up and you can control the temperature and you can lock it so that 
without your phone, access to your phone and your pass and all that, no one can utilize your Pacfera. Which, I mean, I could totally visualize being ideal if I had a roommate that mooched my shit all the time. You know, <laughs> like, hey, for sure. Boy, college days, that would have been fantastic, right? No one's going to dig through your purse and grab your vape and right. use it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that brings up so many visuals. <laughs> yeah, nice. Awesome. I found, I really love the kind uh, concentrate pens, personally. Yes. I love they're, the flavor of those uh, over uh, everyone. They're so, Actually, yeah. But they're really quite strong. Like, they're very, very strong, I found. Like, three, two to three hits of one of those is like, okay. That's yep. plenty. Same and we're talking pack, Sarah. in one second hits or, you know, or so. Yeah. Those That's why, and I've tried a lot of these electronic vapes and have not been satisfied with the medicine delivery. Like, I don't feel them or I'm, you know, not, just not impressed. Um, but this one, I definitely feel the medicine. And then as the kind is a great, great vape, great flavors. I always have one around. I think I have Northern Lights at home right now. But um, I also recommend my second favorite is the Pura. P-U-R-A. Um, they have a beautiful vape line that is definitely going to rival kind. I think it's going to be a close, close battle if you haven't tried one maybe next time have not yet tried one no i'm yeah. not that adventurous when it comes to those types of products <clears throat> pretty much well, i'm gonna try that kind of stuff when they've given me a sample and then if it's really good, awesome or if yeah. i get a really strong recommendation from someone i really really trust you know like you yeah <laughs> You know. I would try it. I would definitely, if you see a sale or they're out, they're doing a lot of promotions right now is one of the reasons it popped into my head. Um, I picked up one on a Phoenix trip a while back and it was literally one of my favorite. I, I have a tendency, I'll use a vape for a while and then I'll switch to a different strain for sleep or awake or whatever. And I'll forget one and I'll leave it, you know, and I'll find it later. It's like, ah, oh, shit, there's still stuff in this. The Pura one, was one of the first and the kind are the only two that never happened. I sucked that puppy dry again with a sexual reference. Just pass. <laughs> but the vape, the pure raw one I finished, which uh, is a big deal because a lot of times they're not good enough to even finish. They're too chemical tasting or they weren't cleared or they're not pure. This, this is pure. Like the kind is, I think it's the pure uncut. They have a couple different kinds, so be sure you get the one that's the pure uncut, like kind is. Live uh, resin. That's the one. Okay. I'm not sure if that's the right wording, but that's the terminology the you want. I think, I mean, I, I, I think it's something like that. Pure earth. I don't know. They've been doing a lot of buy one. So, yeah, watch, yeah. watch your local area for Pura. They've had their promotions team out a lot more than I've ever seen before. I've been getting lots of texts. So, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm smoking. And what did you say you were smoking today? 
Oh, me. I am still on, uh, or or this week, I am on uh, some chocolate Thai. Still, I'm I'm still liking it. Oh, good, so, good. From, uh, from the last good. couple of weeks. It's a good daytime mix for me. And I would like to, I did have um, one little thing to add to our conversation of last week that we didn't touch on. And that was just about, with all the states, um, and we can put a link into this week's maybe, but there is, or we can just add it to last week's. There's also with the um, state conversation was people moving and we kind of touched on it and I had meant it was in my notes to add. So just to add on to that, there are so many people moving because of legalization. And you talked about your friends in Idaho who didn't have really any other option. And then I had also had made some notes of people. There's parents of sick kids. I was assuming that's kind of the generalization you were making for your friends. But there's, there's just people with sick relatives, you know, their wife, their cousin, there's senior citizens are now moving state to state. Mm-hmm. There are farmers, people, you know, just who can't make a living anymore doing farming, who have farming expertise, which is basically what cannabis growing is. Right. Absolutely. Um, people finding uh, jobs, just people knowing that states that have this exploding cannabis market with the recreational and the legal are going to be looking for jobs. Florida has been searching. They found that finding enough qualified people to do these cannabis positions, even in the starting level as bud tender, they either don't have the personality or they don't have the knowledge or so people are moving to states where it's legal just for jobs um, and for business opportunities so they can open a business or become part of the industry. So that was just one other thing that when we're talking about legalizing or decriminalizing, which is our conversations today, people are moving, picking up their families, their businesses, their incomes, and leaving places. And at yeah. some point, that's going to have to have an impact on, you know, the, I mean, you've seen the economies of Washington, Oregon, and California. Right. I mean, the basic... They're saying basically you need to be making if you want to move to places like Seattle or Portland now, your median income needs to be up around four hundred thousand dollars a year, right? To move there now. That's so not bad. What, what point is that going to kick in as well, dumbasses? Right. That the amount of money they're losing and the resources and the human resources that they're losing, state right. to state. Because um, people who use cannabis are not all just a bunch of like stoner teenage boys. No, and I think I think that message is getting out there. We need to keep beating on that drum, though, because you know, you know, we still got Jeff Sessions in the office who says no good pe- person uses marijuana. Right. I was dumbfounded founded by the amount of cannabis advocates that were so excited about him and. The current administration going into office, it still doesn't make any sense to me. <sighs> you just remember white supremacy. Yeah, there's that. There's yeah, that. that's the key, is that whiteness is the more important um, 
value or social group that people assign themselves to belonging to, you know, and so when it comes down to it, and it's not, you know, across the board, but it is kind of somewhat societal, so to speak. We're not talking about individual people. We're talking about a whole society that's been built on that, so. And I'm I'm talking about a few particular people, and that aligns with their values as well, so, which became right. more evident with all that. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh- uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, anyways, let's take a quick break okay. and then come back with our topic for this week, which is decriminalization versus legalization. So, okay, talking on the flip side. Ta-da! Decriminalization versus legalization it's so many z's i i don't even know what to do with myself it's an (laughs) austrian last name oh my goodness um you know and i never heard these terms too much before granted i wasn't on the forefront of you know what's going on in cannabis legalization or whatever um but uh it is seeming to come up a lot more and i'm it's been confusing, especially because I see the two terms used in a lot of different laws in different ways. And the, the ways that politicians are speaking about it often are different. They usually see different words. And I'm like, wait a second, what are you really trying to say here? And so, I find that happens the same with advocates. I think there's a lot of advocates that use the word interchangeably, which started becoming very confusing for me because I thought I was for one thing and then I'd hear someone else make it sound like the thing I thought I was for is terrible right like well wait a minute what am I I don't even under so that's kind of where the idea to let have the conversation so maybe we know what we're advocating for a little more clearly right which helps in cannabis <laughs> to be as clear as possible absolutely so convoluted as clear and as cut and dry if you could say that you know when possible like yeah. get as, as as quickly to the point as we can so <clears throat> is there any official uh definitions or should i kind of read uh you know do you have the, the actual I have something open. Yeah. I don't yeah. have the dictionary. Let's see what the dictionary says. What does Webster's say? Yeah. Although I feel like Webster's often is not that well informed. No. <laughs> Legalization. According to Webster's uh, is just to make legal to make legal. Now, in terms of what we're talking about, that would mean... Legalization would mean that it would be legal to obtain with some, usually some sort of governmental regulations, as we had previously discussed regarding maybe safety, People within the legalization argument believe that it should be legal for everyone to have it, but that doesn't mean 
that some things don't come with greater risks than others and that those risks should be identified and regulated and usually by a government entity. Right, and specifically with regard to kind of the production and sale of it, right? The legalization and there's where the water gets muddy. Muddy waters. And we can probably <laughs> debate the pros and cons deeper. However, um, legalization arguments get muddy because there are so many things to regulate. And the right. argument becomes what to regulate and what not to regulate and why to regulate at all. Right. Um, now, decriminalization. Now, this is the thing is de decriminalization uh, on a theoretical plane is definitely what I'm a proponent of, right? However, I think that the way it's being used frequently right now is decriminalization for the people who are using it under this certain level of what we deem acceptable, right? In other mm -hmm. words, we're going to set a limit of some sort and under that limit, we'll decriminalize it or make it so that people don't go to jail, right? Because, I mean, in Alabama, one joint, if you have one joint on you, you're, you're pulled over with one joint, which is probably a gram or less of marijuana, you get a year in jail, period. That's, that's what the sentence is. However, of course, they can choose to, you know, press charges or not, whatever, but they, they do, and they can, and of course, four to one, it's black men to white men that oh, get absolutely. charged yeah. and convicted with a year in prison for having a joint on them, Correct. right? So it's a very, very, very effective tool of white supremacy, for sure. Um, but to me, decriminalization should be like, it's a plant, decriminalize it. And that's basically never going to happen in this country at this point. Portugal, here I come. Well, yeah, and Alabama is one of those states where we were saying, like, it's it's on your map, it's illegal, and on my right. map, it's green. And the reason, like, Alabama, I have some, absolutely, actually have some notes. Carly's Law was passed there, and it allowed mm -hmm. low-dose extract CBD for kids with epilepsy, so there's, like, that little green area. But pity the person who's bringing this, you know, child, her medicine. five years or younger, her medicine. Right. So, or growing it or producing it, turning it into something it, you yeah. know, turning it into oil for her. So yeah, for sure. Now decriminalization for me, um, I think, yeah, it means no jail time. That's great. It also doesn't mean that it's legal, which again, you get into that gray area. Right. Um, Nobody can sell it to you or produce it for you per se, but if you're right. a small time person and you just have it on you, you might not go to jail is basically what it kind of seems to mean. Unless it's national. So what, what the, I think it's Chuck Schumer was the one who introduced a bill on 420 of 2018 to decriminalize it nationally. Mm -hmm. And that that would be the first step. The, the decriminalized um, states, the thing that worries me with decriminalization in general is the fact that it leaves a lot of arbitrary room for people to decide. I mean, what if someone decided for me, well, she almost always buys, you know, whatever, let's say an ounce of pot a month. <laughs> I wish. Anyway, 
<laughs> she buys a pot an ounce, an ounce a pot a month. She's obviously addicted to marijuana. I think she right. needs to be put in a residential treatment. Right. Under decriminalization, those sorts of decisions um, Boom. can be worry, done. Worry me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, I mean, if Chuck Schumer's talking about it, then we're talking about federal decriminalization, which means, okay, so now the federal government sets up, you know, whatever, or breaks down laws or or says, you know, okay, they can't be prosecuted past this amount. Again, arbitrary, which they choose, I'm sure, because it's not just going to be unlimited. You know, they're going to put a limit on it that they're going to choose. Right. And... Um, they're going to put structures around it that they choose, that they like, that that works for them in whatever way. So it all comes with those, um, all those little strings tied to it. And the states have the right to make their own laws. So it doesn't even fucking matter. I mean, when does it matter? It matters when you get stopped by border patrol. Maybe it will matter on the, in the airports, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Um, but you can't even smoke a cigarette in the airport. So it's not like, you know, I mean, whatever I'm down for it. Right. But it's like, understand that this is not necessarily what we're looking for. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it is, we got to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere. I agree. And I think, you know, doing research on the topic definitely didn't, make it clear to me (laughs) right as often happens with my cannabis research and that is not just because I'm doing bongs between researching there's just my I think my ability from my governmental jobs in interpreting rule in the past has definitely influenced my ability to see things from two different angles Mm -hmm. so I definitely see (laughs) the pros and cons um, I think I lean more towards legalization personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for me, a lot of times it falls more into, and I hate the comparison, but alcohol. Right. Um, alcohol is not decriminalized because there are activities when combined with alcohol that you can still go to jail. Am I understanding that right? So, I mean, it's I mean, not- what about the, what about it being like a part of the drug industry? Why would it not be treated as drugs are wherein if it was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have, I have mixed feelings about this too, just like you right, just right, said, right. right? But it's like, you know, you've got your aspirins that are over the counter and they are quote unquote shown to not have too many, you know, risks, excessive risks or side effects. Exactly. Right. Although again, I am using so many air quotes right now. I literally don't even know if I should have words coming out of my mouth right now. But uh, that being said, you know, and then you've got the stuff that you have to get a prescription for, you know, and that you have to go and, and get from behind the counter. Uh, I guess the downside of that is, you know, the access people want because it, it really is, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the concentrated forms, it could be a medicine and in the flower form, it could just be a damn flower like poppies. <laughs> poppies are just a flower. Right. 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 And I... And I think that's a lot of the legalization argument is that 
you could legalize all drugs that way if you use a, a legalization or a de- I mean you could do it with decriminalization also and then they want to have but for me it goes right back into the classification of the scheduling that we currently have right it's it's classified as a schedule one substance right so Correct. it's deemed to have no medical value even though as we mentioned last week the government holds a patent for the research on its medical value and right. also there is a prescription that is you know that has come out of that and that is given to people for very a lot of money i've taken anyway, it you've taken Marinol. it yeah, I've taken it too, but not like uh, I wasn't prescribed. I just had a pharmacist <laughs> friend. <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually prescribed Marinol for many years. And the one bottle, I didn't take it. I just had it so that I, if I got drug tested, I could say I had a prescription. Right. Um, but what, and it had icky side effects, which is why I didn't yeah. take it. It was seven hundred and eighty dollars a bottle, right. I think. It was nine hundred when I saw it. When yeah. when I came into contact with it, so to speak, it was nine hundred dollars mm-hmm. a bottle. And the people who need it are like dying from pain. Generally yeah. speaking, I yeah, mean yeah. that's how bad it is. It's and like they have nine hundred dollars a month for their pain medicine. My insurance mm-hmm. covered it, so it only cost me forty. Right, but... it's just crazy still. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was gross. It was definitely a sativa string because I talked my ass off on that stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Drove right. me nuts. Drove myself nuts. I mean, who knows what they were really putting into it? You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, I look at how much more we know just even now than then. And yeah, they were doing research, but I mean, it's not like, I don't know what kind of research they've been doing because they aren't publishing it. I, I'm not seeing it. You know what I'm saying? If they were doing, a, you know whatever yeah anyway it was awful side effects crashes it was icky the point is a a change for it to change in schedule would be a significant that would be the most significant quickest change i think that could happen that would change a lot of things at the same time right because there's a lot of laws in place that apply to schedule one drugs specifically um, that don't apply the same way to, you know, whatever, schedule two, three, four. I don't know how the rest of the numbers go, but. <laughs> um, and so it would immediately kind of affect a broad range of, like, laws, right? Isn't that true? Well, for sure. It would be a, you know, a huge change for the risks just to regular medical doctors to even discuss it with their patients. Right. You know, the fact that you can't, I don't give a shit and I do it anyway, but a lot of people aren't going to risk their relationship with their medical professionals over it. Right. Um, again, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so my doctors are all well aware of my cannabis use and I make right. sure I bring it up when I go in. And but... they are at risk, however, for their medical licenses if they are in any way recommending something to you that is considered to have no medical value. Yeah. I mean, if you were to go get super, super sick of some sort and tell the whole world that you got sick because your doctor so-and-so told you to take marijuana, um, that would be a big problem for them. Obviously you would not do that. That's not going to happen. You know, all that good stuff, but that's what they would have to deal with. And to just trust that every person is not going to 
do that to them is a lot of trust that they would have to have for their patients too. So it is a, t a it's a tough spot for both the doctors and the patients to be in, you know. And changing the schedule of that would definitely assist them in being able to even discuss the topic with their patients at all. It wouldn't have to be pro con. And would it also really affect the, you know, the the ability to get and use it for research? Oh, 100%. I mean, that would be a big thing right there. Just switching that right there. Now they can access it for research and boom, all these research studies that, you know, could be happening, would be happening. And Getting we'd have DEA. real, real data. We'd have real data. Getting the DEA out of it, having to control sure. the release. That's who releases the substance that they use in these trials. And sure, they've approved 500 studies, but they've only released medicine to do like one. Right. I mean, and would it change that? Um, or would that rule still apply? Because what you're referring to is the fact that basically there's only one source that is authorized to provide marijuana to research studies that are, approved. you know, approved through whatever agencies they need to be approved for, through, which is several agencies, actually. Yeah, like uh, including the DEA, right? Well, because, National Institute of Health, and that is, from what I understand, because it is a controlled substance. That's why the DEA has to control right. it. Right, it wasn't right. a controlled substance being a Schedule One. Well, and another thing, because it's a controlled substance, I'm sure is why the rules in place for dispensaries, etc., have so much emphasis on the forefront of the process in terms of they want to know every seed to sale you know they talk about seed to sale seed to sale and that they have to track every seed and and you know every little plant and every detail and every ounce and every you know they have to track it all so carefully right because it is a schedule one controlled substance right if it wasn't then maybe some of those time and resources could be actually put more into testing the outcome that they have and, you know, otherwise providing more benefits on the customer side or the consumer side of the entire transaction. I mean, I'm just saying. Right, right. So the, the cost savings, I did some notes recently. The cost savings for law enforcement, um, if they decriminalize, meaning you don't have to go in front of a jail or judge. And is this, um, are you talking about a federal decriminalization that applies in every state Correct. or what? Correct. Yeah. Okay, that would have to apply in every state. It would be a national decriminalization. Would save $41.3 billion for law enforcement alone. Mm -hmm. $41 billion. That doesn't and even include courts and jails. Oh, it's ridiculous. They, uh, then there was a, a gain... From the decriminalization, it was, I, I don't remember what the exact gain was based on. I'm believing tax revenue for places that did allow shops to sell mm -hmm. cannabis. But the, the revenue gain for decriminalization was another $46 billion. So ending criminal penalties on cannabis could interject $76, $77 billion into the economy. And those right. numbers were based on figures from 2010. Right. Almost 10 years ago. So in an industry that was that has exploded in five in the last five years. 
Oh yeah, that that's a whole yeah. We're I think we were going to talk about that later in the season too about money, but yeah. the um the change, you know, I I hate to see these discussions about how um Canada's progression and Canada's conversations about cannabis are so ahead of where we are as a country. And do you think he's just trying to get back at Trump? Yeah, I wish. (laughs) I wish it were that easy. He's, you know, he, they've been working on this for quite a long time and he ran, he literally ran on this in Canada. This Mm. was a prime minister's platform. And he promised the people of Canada that he would legalize cannabis. Mm. And he even said when it, there was a vote that was close here, and I did an article for a website on it. And um, one of the things that I kept seeing popping up while I was doing research about their, whether or not it was literally the days before it was going to pass or not pass, he and almost every time he was asked, he had no doubt. He just kept saying, no, I promised the people this is what we ran on. This is going to pass. Those people can have their little side discussions. That's all well and good, but this will pass. And he was, he was animate. It was going to get it done. And he did. And I, it's sad to see that, um, we can't do that as well. Be be Uh, that clear. We can. Well, that we aren't. Just won't. Yeah. Um, so, so really in a nutshell, if they were to, I mean, the, the, best version of decriminalization federal decriminalization is the changing from schedule one down to some lower schedule of drug that would be the i don't know if they call that decriminalization well i'm curious that's what i'm kind of wondering about but when i think about it it kind of seems like that might be a big part of it because that goes more to taking it out of a bunch of the existing laws that are keeping it from being able to be accessed in a variety of ways, right? Um, Versus creating new laws around regulating and taxing it. You know, like to me, that sounds similar to like, okay, instead of... But see, they are still making rules around decriminalization. Well, exactly. Exactly. And legalization, there's two, there's basically, there's proponents of two different types of legalization. So there's, there's full legalization. So all prohibitions are gone um, from use to anything involving it. And then there's regulated legislation. (laughs) Regulated legislation. There's too many uses of the G in various forms in those. And Zs. I'm telling you, it's the Zs that are messing me up. (laughs) <laughs> but that would be where you know you can things are available but you still need to have your pot card or you still need to have a license to grow um right and that would be a regulated legalization so not only is there decriminalization and legislation or legalization oh okay. yeah here we go here There's we go the, i'm gonna leave the word out there's also the regulated version right <laughs> um so and and for me one of the people in one of the articles I read called decriminalization the worst of both worlds. So basically, you still can't do it, but you can still have to pay a fine if you get caught doing it. Right, but you won't go to jail. But you're going to pay a fine because right. I've seen that. And all the decriminalization, yeah. it's not that it's like, 
oh, you can just have what you want to have and do what you want to do. That's not what decriminalization means. It means we won't put you in jail for a year because you have it. We'll give you a max $250 fine and a misdemeanor instead Uh of a felony and a year in jail. Yeah. Um, You know, not a really awesome compromise in my book either. I think if you want to read more, I, Normal is definitely an organization that supports legalization and probably a regulated version of. And then the Alliance for Drug Policy is more leaning towards decriminalization and allowing each state to determine what form or function they want to go to from there if they want to institute a medical program or a, or a recreational, I prefer the term adult use. But no, right, because with decriminalization comes no responsibility or or promise or anything else of any kind of a legalized program. That's the other part, like what we were talking about before, like they might decriminalize it, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there's anything in place, again, for the sale, manufacture, possession. you know, for, for, for potentially for possession, at least over whatever they've deemed the, you know, decriminalized amount, you know. And who deems it. And who deems it, right? Because, again, it's not like you can drive around your car with 12 pounds. They're still going to put you on the news when they bust you. And they're going to talk about all the weed they took off the market. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, who decides how much is too much or not too much and, and why, right? Because somebody needs to actually produce this stuff. And it doesn't really make sense to produce it in three plant quantities in every house in America. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It just doesn't. Now, like, I always go back to the home brewing. You know, everybody yeah. would love to make their own beer at home, but it's just not feasible for everybody. You don't have the space, the equipment, the time, the money. Not only home brewing, vegetables and vegetable gardens. I mean, look at this. Like, even people that have the space theoretically do not have the time or know-how or whatever. Most people don't have that to be able to grow their own food in their own yard, you know, and, and, and that's even quote unquote free and the most expensive free ever FYI, (laughs) but same thing with growing, you know, marijuana or cannabis or whatever is like, it, it it really is a a practice. Oh my God. Best left to professionals, but you know, why can't I try throw growing three if I want to, you know, I should be able to. My husband and I both had caregiver cards when the medical marijuana program started in Arizona. Our medical marijuana cards gave us the right to grow plants for patients. And we each had five patients and we were part of a co-op and we each had five patients. So we were able to grow 60 plants each um, under that program. And then in addition to that, prior to dispensaries opening in Arizona, patients were allowed to have grow rights on their patient card. So in addition to my caregiver card, I had a patient card. And on that patient card, I was allowed to grow 12 plants. And my husband was allowed to grow 12 plants, which was a nice number, honestly. So at that point in our lives, we had, I think we had one kid at home. No, I don't think we did, actually. We had one at NAU and one out on whatever in an apartment. So we were empty nesters. We converted two antique closets into (laughs) grow rooms. My husband is the grower of the family. He's definitely the caretaker of plants. I can't tell you how many 
hours consumed him. He would take all those little plants out. He'd give them a little natural sunlight. He had timers. We had to rewire closets. We had lights installed. I mean, the costs, the electric costs, the equipment costs, it is not a hobby. It's not something you put in your windowsill. You know, there's there's um, nutrients and pest control because you're going to smoke this. You're not going to just spray your normal pest controls on it. So, yeah, the it's fun to play with, but it's not going to be. You're it's not, not for be, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Your grandma is not going to be able to make her own crop to keep her, her supply. Right. And especially not when the competition is, like we mentioned last week, I think, dispensaries that have a hundred choices every week. And there are a hundred choices. I've grown my own before. I was pay- not awesome. But right. I can tell you the things that I was able to produce were in no way compared with the quality of what I can get at a good dispensary that has a great grow. You know what I'm saying? Like nowhere near. It's not near it. And it costs me so much more. It's like, it's kind of oh. like the heirloom tomatoes I grew in my garden that might have cost me like, say, 40 bucks a piece when it all came down to it. But <laughs> damn, were they wonderful, right? I mean, mm. when you count how many hours I had to be out there picking off bugs and mulching and digging and, you know, all this yeah. stuff, it's like, these are the most expensive tomatoes on the planet. Um, but the fact that I get to do that process is wonderful. And should be allowed in this yes. situation, I think. And, you know, yes. when it comes down to it, I, I really think that, and we should recognize this as cannabis users. You know, we're used to the circle, right? The circle. We're all about the circle. We're not about lines. We're not about this person on that end and this person on that end. We're about getting a circle. We're all together. We're all equal. We're here together, right? Mm-hmm. And case with this conversation it's not about decriminalization versus legalization versus maybe declassification which is maybe another term that we need people to keep in mind uh, or this uh, descheduling is that the word descheduling right so the thing is we kind of need all of them together because the decriminalization stuff that hits on like arizona here's Arizona, a state with a legalized, a regulated legalized uh, system, System. but no decriminalization, which is why things happen. Like my husband getting pulled over or getting actually not even pulled over. He was parked in a parking lot and a dang bike cop comes and, you know, busts him, gives him a felony charge potentially, which he was able to, you know, deal with because he never had anything else after paying a bunch of money doing a bunch of community service all this extra stuff when he was a card carrying patient with like less than a gram that happened to be in the vehicle with him right less than a gram it's like if he had two aspirins in the car nobody would be saying anything you know and that's the equivalent to me like and he had a card for it, you know, like like the two aspirins in the card that he had to go through and get a prescription for and a special note and a special card to have and da 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 all this extra stuff that he paid the money, the state to the money, uh, mm-hmm. to, to paid the state all this money so that he could have these two aspirins. And then they come and they put him in jail. They literally put him in jail overnight for that shit. Ugh. 
I get so angry. But it's like, obviously, we need decriminalization. My husband should not have been in jail for having a tiny bit of his medicine with him. And then not only that, but we still are dealing with the the results and outcomes of that, even years later, even after, even after having supposedly, you know, had it uh, um, gone. It's, it's just, it's crazy, because the system is designed to hem up a man. Well, but, uh, and, and you're Husband is a person of color. Which, yeah, you a know, black man. If it were you I, or I, that man was looking for something to put my husband in jail for that day. He just wanted to get somebody, and he was like, "Yay, a black man with a nice car that probably had loud music playing, most likely because he likes to play his music loud." Oh, so that annoying. Be in, had it been you or I, that would have not probably gone totally different. Earth. As we, you know, I've probably told the story, but I mean, I have a similar story and it went very different for me than it went for him. The point really being, though, that we need the decriminalization. Right. uh, And we need legalization and we need descheduling. We need all three of those things because to just really say like, oh, just completely legalize cannabis so that anybody can do anything they want with it. I feel is so far beyond the possibility right now that to even focus on that as the goal is counterintuitive to me. I agree. I feel like, I I feel like my personal belief would be, it should be as legal as having a tomato. That being said, the fact, the realistic view of most of the country is not that it should be as legal as a tomato. Right, but then even when you think about it, though, if you're getting a tomato in a store, it's had to go through some kinds of processes of checking its safety. You know what I'm saying? If you buy a tomato seed at a seed store, it's had to go through some amount of processes of making sure the factory is safe, these kind of things, right? So, like, you know, I mean... safe as a tomato. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not trying to say just, you know, like, just let us do anything we want. Me too. There's regulation on tomatoes. (laughs) I mean, shit, we put poisonous poinsettias all over our homes and, you know what I'm saying? And plant oleanders. Yeah. And oleanders. Damn oleanders. Damn oleanders. Everywhere. Oh my God. So yeah, everywhere, but I think that's a yeah, big part of regulation. It. I think regulation or legalization with regulation is not a horrible idea. Now, I think when they start going too deep down that hole, that to me, rec- that to me shouts or, or screams red flags of capitalism of somebody is trying to create extra laws so that they can keep power for themselves. That's usually how I see that. When I, when I see politicians putting out, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm for legalization and this is how I want to do it. You know, I'm always looking for, okay, who's profiting off of this particular form of legalization? And if it's not the people, so to speak, mm-hmm. then, you know, then I think we need to look a lot deeper. We have to keep an eye on the industry as well. Right. I mean, besides just politically, the... Uh... Keeping an, keeping an eye on who's keeping an eye, as they keeping say. Keeping an eye, keeping an eye. Yeah. And <laughs> there's some, there's some action also with 
the Senate trying to make sure that the state laws are protected. There's been, you know, trying to keep an umbrella from anyone. Even, and and I, you know, and I'm not going to say anything about Obama's did not have, the Obama administration did not have a great track record of not raiding. There was as many raids then um, oh, yeah. of cannabis. Right. Um, so I'm not going to say. However, there, there's been increasing concern about just disregarding because of Jeff Sessions, I would assume, in general, mm-hmm. um, about just disregarding the state past medical and especially the recreational has got them all worked up. So the oh, senators yeah. have are attempting also to pass a bill just to protect the state's rights to have these laws. So um, that so Jeff can't come in with the feds and be like, oh yeah, we're gonna start just raiding yeah. you all again. Yeah. AKA sure. taking your medicine for ourselves. Um Americans for Safe Safe Access. Okay. That's that's also a dot org website is um, a real good resource to keep up on um, what's going on. You can research. Let me see if you can do it by state. I'm pretty sure. Let's see what Arizona brings up. Arizona brings so, up. So, I mean, this really is my question, though. And I, I feel like uh, I don't want to just make an assumption on this, but if we get a federal decriminalization bill, if something goes through that is a federal decriminalization, will that force states to decriminalize to that same level is that what would happen yes. like for example the federal yes. minimum wage yes. then they have to create laws that come into compliance yes. with at least the minimums of that federal law yes mm. which would be a, a great immediate first step there's also yeah. a lot of action that if the federal government government decriminalizes then retroactively releasing anyone who's in jail for a non-violent drug offense related to marijuana would be automatically released as well. There's a push for how far that. back is the question. Anyone and they should be tied. That's very important that they are tied. And then the other very important thing I think is to be looking at where do they draw those lines in terms of what is considered, you know, so to speak, under the line of decriminalization versus what doesn't qualify still. You know. They were saying, from what I was understanding, was if a bill is passed to decriminalize, and again, then you get back to the states having to comply, especially in the states where it's illegal. Right. Now, whether or not they put a cap on how high a fine could be, um, I have a great state-by-state legalization decriminalization list um, that I should have had for our state conversation because it kind of covers both very specifically but in states where it's completely illegal versus like in illinois it's a hundred dollar fine if for like up to an ounce um would idaho decide well it's a million dollars you know i mean they'd obviously have to put a cap on it Uh uh-huh right um but yeah that would at least assist those currently at risk of being jailed and that would be a huge cost reduction nationally well not to mention uh a writing of a massive injustice that we've done as a nation towards our citizens and non-citizens of color 
right for generation for, for for the last several many many decades let's see what seven eight ten decades almost 40 <laughs> years of prohibition have arrested 37 million nonviolent drug effects it's crazy you know and, and i mean again though I feel this way about the heroin addicts too. I don't think they should be in jail either, right. personally. But I, I definitely don't think anybody should be in any kind of jail for anything related to marijuana. I just don't. Period. Agreed. The estimated cost of that also is a trillion dollars in the past 40 years on mm. prohibition. Just on prohibition of cannabis. Mm. Right. And that's not very long. 40 years. Yeah. So much higher. It's just how long they've been tracking it. So yeah, the costs again to our country of human costs of lives of young men, you know, as they say the new Jim Crow. Right. Cannabis laws. I find it interesting too how um people on the opposite side of this conversation or those who are very staunchly, you know, anti cannabis they often like to use the arguments of like, well, you know, all of the, um, what do they call the gangs? All the, uh, gosh dang it, there's a name for it. You know, all, all, the, all the people that are uh, importing all the cannabis mm. in here. God dang it, why can't I think of the name? <laughs> but no, they're bosses. <laughs> gotcha. They're bosses, Cartel. the traffic cartels that's the word i was trying to find lord sometimes anyways they start talking about all the cartels and all the you know murders that they're doing and how they're murdering people every day and this and that that, that. it's like okay but a you know like the biggest problem fueling that particular um situation is actually (laughs) the gun flow out of the United States, right? (laughs) The fact that they can get guns and that's what they're trading for. That's what they're getting in exchange for their drugs, A. And B, that's what's allowing (laughs) them to be the cartels like they are down there. And C, you know, again, if you talk about decriminalization, you talk about legalization, you're talking about letting us grow our own, so to speak, you kind of eliminate those issues. It's no longer about the three guys that you picked up that were quote-unquote illegal, you know, or illegals, as they like to say, um, you know, with five pounds of uh, marijuana in their trunk or 50 pounds or whatever it is, you know. Um, It's not about those five guys. Those five guys are a tiny subset of, you know, a massive worldwide international organization that's primarily funded by your guns yeah so shut up yeah, <laughs> yeah. like really yeah. oh my god if we all had enough pot nobody would have to go onto the markets and there yeah so yeah that's all like i mean come on people really the good news uh, is the surveys are up to in the 70 plus percent of the country believes in cannabis legalization now. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, uh, you know, and I think that's all lumped into the decriminalization, legalization. And every statistic is 100% made up, so to speak. (laughs) But, yes. This is more a poll. We're moving. Right. The polls are going up from where it used to be. I would say what around the time Arizona passed its medical um, regulations, 
it, the the surveys were down in the 50s like 54 56% and to see it up around 73 76% of the country in 8 years that's that's progress so we are at least out there representing well and hopefully more people are comfortable talking about it out loud um, yeah, and that, that I think helps conversations. Absolutely. And I think it's important to kind of note that like, like we kind of mentioned earlier that decriminalize it. So you, you said you saw a quote somewhere saying it was kind of like the worst of the worst decriminalization. It was like which, the worst of both worlds. Exactly. By itself, it's the worst of both worlds because it really is only, um, you know, part of the answer because we can yeah. decriminalize it here, but then if we still are funding the cartels to bring it in because we're not legalizing it and allowing it to be an actual market in our country right. um, as it should be, you know, a, a, its own fully independent and regulated market it doesn't have to be marketed like, I mean, it doesn't have to be regulated like the farms. It doesn't have to be just like um, beer, alcohol, it doesn't have to be just like, you know, nicotine or pharmaceuticals. It can be all by itself. It's whole own, unique, regulated industry, you know, or whatever the right word is. Um, Commodity is probably the right word, actually. It can be its own regulated commodity, which is what it probably should be. Um, But we have to have that, we have to have that plus decriminalization and plus the justice stuff you're talking about in terms of rectifying um, those who are in jail still or who are suffering consequences. And then that last part is, or not even the last part, but I think the integral to all of it is the, the descheduling stuff, right? For sure. For I'm, sure. I'm getting pictures in my head. I'm a very visual person. And so now all the pieces are kind of falling into place and how they all are important. But I think when we... I see, because I've heard some conservatives talking about decriminalization, right? Mm. Um, but like I just talked about, that still leaves them free to, to say decriminalization still leaves them free to, quote unquote, wage the war on, you know, immigrants and, sure. you know, have all their issues they have with all this other stuff without, you know, diving too deep into what's really going on in some of these industries that would maybe get upended, if and when cannabis is, you know, turned into a regular commodity in the United States, like it should be. I think, Hmm. yeah, it also gives me still that, that back of my brain, uneasy feeling of the man arbitrarily making up shit again. Like I said, you go, you know, we've decided that if you consume two ounces of marijuana a month, you obviously have a problem. And now you've got to go, yeah. Require, yeah, whatever. Medical interventions or... Rehab. Mm-hmm. I mean, do they do that right now with alcohol and other drugs? Is that how they go about it? You usually have a negative life just like right. people that get busted with concentrates right now. You have a negative con- police contact, I guess is uh-huh. the right word for it. Uh-huh. But, but, you know, we've both also known that there's hateful little shits out there that call in false claims all the time. For and sure. you could end up with an unexpected negative police contact that is of no doing of your own. I mean, For I, sure. I, 
I picture this parking lot stuff I have going on with my business and they had tried to have my car towed off my own property uh, for shits and giggles. Right, and I remember. I was mad and we ended up having a police contact that day. Now, obviously, I wasn't mad at the police officer and was in full control of my faculties by the time he got there. Right. <laughs> but I'm just saying that the risks, um, just because I don't personally have that risk for me, I, I, I foresee it for other innocent people, especially, again, people of color, um, where that arbitrary nature poses a greater risk for them. Mm-hmm. For sure. I just, and again, just like, just like all the stuff with race, um, in our country right now, be- just because I don't literally have skin in the race game does not mean that I don't have um, passion about ending it or right. that it, I don't feel that it affects you and it doesn't, it affects me. Feelings. Right. So the yeah. same with, same with cannabis law, just because I probably won't have a negative contact with a police officer that will stick me in rehab. That doesn't mean a 25-year-old black man caught mm-hmm. with an ounce and a half over his weight isn't going to get stuck to 90 days right? and told he could never smoke cannabis again right? because he obviously has a problem with it. So there's, I mean, and that's out there, and I'm not saying that that's realistic, but it is stuff in the back of my mind that's sort of like a way. I mean, it kind of is realistic in terms of you and I both are very aware of the types of laws that our government has had in place over history and we're aware of things they have and have not done to protect human beings who are vulnerable right and so it's really not all that far-fetched at the same time you know in always keeping the conversation focused on you know basically on informing our listeners you know and Mm -hmm. being informed ourselves and trying to give good credible well thought out well researched information and not be just, you know, some dipshits over here just saying our opinions on everything. But in the interest of that, I mean, I'm I'm also wondering the solution, you know. And to me, what I'm hearing, again, I think I've said it already a couple of times, but it's like we need to have kind of like um, a circle. <laughs> we need a circle. We mm-hmm. need a circle of people who are kind of addressing this issue from a power position, but in each of these areas right like we need regulation we need decriminalization we need descheduling we need you know we need all these pieces together and to spend time debating the virtues of this way or that way you know we need mental health uh, services or nim or whatever to be involved in this whole thing as decisions are made and laws are passed i mean we need the community's input honestly we need somebody at the table that's bringing the the people to the table to um give good valuable and real feedback and input on you know on on how cannabis really is used right um and 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 ideally we need to just trust the people that what they say is true and then work within a good uh, strategic framework we can use research we can use you know all the different components of being smart about putting something out there and creating regulations around it. It's, it's not impossible. Like we ha- I have seen 
we've done that as well in our country. You know, we, I can't think of any great examples this minute, <laughs> but I 100% bet that if I put my mind to it, I could find some examples of times where we've come together from different areas. And I wonder if there's any organization that is like leading any kind of effort towards that. Like, is anybody trying to put a Chuck Schumer down at the table with, I don't know, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going all on the all other people. The oh, yeah. And Cory Gardner's a big one. I think right. Gillibrand's another big one, mm-hmm. name-wise, politically-wise. Um, and again, right now, they're not in, quote-unquote, power. So Right. But are you seeing, I mean, have you read through all of the, because the, um, I've seen a lot of different things coming to the table, but I have not had the time to read through the details. And again, even before this conversation today, I didn't always know what the f they were talking about you know what you're you know they're trying to pass a bill that says what about what i'm like yeah i'm totally signed on to the idea of like get everybody convicted of a marijuana crime out of jail period done yes give back fees pay back people you know but i'm also a proponent of reparations so you know there's another risk involved with this whole decriminalize legalize i mean if you're confused and i'm confused you can bet oh, the right. officers that are implementing the laws are not clear. Yeah. And then that I found that article. The judges was, that are making uh that well, are making we know decisions. That for a fact. They we don't know. know. Exactly. Evident here in Arizona. But exactly. I found it was Wyoming where the woman was um arrested for the C B D oil. Yeah, yeah. And one of the I'm gonna read you a paragraph out of the article Wyoming is the latest state to initiate a crackdown on CBD products proliferating across the state. Local stores are reporting that cops have recently demanded that they remove all CBD products from their shelves within seven days. Mm. The Wyoming divisional division of criminal investigation said they've been collecting samples of these products since last year, claiming that many of them have tested positive for THC. Although CBD is legal in the state, it is a felony in the state to sell or possess any CBD product that contains more than 0.3% THC product content. So here's the thing. You are buying CBD in stores and it comes up, what if it comes up at 0.4? So suddenly you have a felony? Right. You know, this woman is facing as if there's that much of a science in the growing of hemp that they can 100%, you know, every bottle like, is never going to get to 0.4%. Right. Yeah. So, granted, I don't know what the numbers really are. Maybe they're usually down at 0.001%, but, uh, you know, but yeah. I'm again, with you. you're leaving laws into these little fractions yeah. of felony to not felony. So again, the decriminalization is important in those sorts of situations. But when it comes down to it, if you read the law, it is still all a felony. Right. Bottom line, CBD is still a Schedule 1 substance because it is made from cannabis. Hemp is cannabis. Mm -hmm. Period. So if you really get down to it, that's where... All that gray comes right bubbling back up, right? But yeah, you know, they can't even agree on that little bit of stuff, and all based on nonsense, anyways. You know, the whole right prohibition in the first place. 
So this woman's now facing basically up to five years in jail for driving through a state that with a bottle of CBD. It's just, it's just outrageous. Outrageous. It's just outrageous. Um, and and how much money are they going to spend putting her in jail? And she and how much money are we going to spend with her being in jail? You know, it's just outrageous. It's outrageous on so many levels. It just makes me want to pull my damn hair out. She purchased it legally in New Mexico and was driving through New Mexico on her way to Montana. And she was arrested on charges relating to her driver's license and insurance. During the arrest, they found that she had a 10 milliliter bottle of hemp drive CBD oil in a bag. Her job in New Mexico, she was sent samples and she had thrown it in the back for her for pain because she had a disc injury. She oh. now faces, they claim that it exceeded the THC limit and charged her with a felony punishable by $10,000 fine and up to five years in jail. So, you know, for her, obviously, decriminalization would at least be assistive in this situation, whether or not it right. was legalized or not. Understand now, see. But. <sighs> which would at least legal. be a small, you know, a small benefit. It would be a small benefit. Yes. Big benefit to her. <laughs> Big benefit to her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, just a sad story. And um, we'll have a link to that in our page as well. So, yes, um, I know we didn't necessarily give you the great, clear answer. It was more of a discussion of decriminalization versus legalization, which was our intent. We don't necessarily hope to give you our opinion as gospel. We just want to give you some information and some maybe research starting points so you can go out and look into these topics for yourself. Make and like we... Decisions. And like we said, it's not really an either or scenario. You know, we kind of need uh, a lot of several different things. A smorgasbord. Um, a smorgasbord. And what really is important is that you understand the context with which someone is saying that, right? Someone could be saying legalization and they're talking about a highly regulated version of legalization that, like I said before, puts them in power. Or they could be talking about legalization uh, meaning uh, we want it to be just a completely legalized thing um, up to and <laughs> including same as tomatoes, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> same as tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, people, hey, now people are saying about, uh, le- what is it, lectins or leptins or whatever in tomatoes that they're really terrible for everybody. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> tomatoes are the new carb, okay. apparently. I know, huh? I can't wait till people get off carbs back, man. I'm tired of it. <sighs> yeah. Mean carbs go way back. We're close. <sighs> we all need to I love carbs. carbs. Look, I want to, to be in love with carbs. I do. Well, you're different. But um, you're we you're did have a good we did have a good long conversation today. So hopefully we didn't bore y'all, and we hopefully sparked some thoughts, or maybe some deeper research you can do, or maybe a new lens with which you can kind of look at the things you're reading about, or the things that your politicians are saying, so that um, you know, hopefully we can vote well this year. Yes. And if you think maybe we're totally missed the mark and you have a great point that we did not include, we are more than happy for you to let us know. Um, 
where we are wrong or what we missed. Be sure to yeah. reach out and let us know. And Bridgie, you want to tell them where they can find us? All the good places. Oh, man. You know what? Let's tell them all the good places. So the first important one is we are Mama's Baked. M-A-M-A apostrophe S. Um, We're Mama's Baked on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Anchor.fm. You also can find our website at potofwellness.com. That's P-O-T-O-F-W-E-L-L-N-E-S.com. We have lots of good free things for you there so you know check out check that out see if we have the resources you need um also though we we both have our own other businesses i don't know if you want to do any shout outs because to be honest these are our sponsors sure um our our biggest sponsors are the ones who keep allowing us the time to produce this content for you um because you know yeah they pay us so So you want to give a shout out for on your end for your sponsor? Sure. I have a lovely restaurant in Sedona called Hideaway House. Love it. Casual country Italian cuisine with three patio decks that overlook the Oak Creek Canyon and the Red Rocks of Sedona. <sighs> and yes. I actually, when I finish podcasting, I usually am busy in my bakery making all the desserts. Uh, for said restaurant. Um, today we are making death by chocolate chocolate cakes and peanut butter cookie desserts that are chocolate banana homemade gelato. I love your peanut butter cookies. They are just, pretty good. I don't even need the extra stuff. I just like your dough. <laughs> yeah, cooked. Cooked. I like it yeah. cooked. Um, and I actually just launched my new website. Um, I'm a fractional COO uh, in my day job, so to speak. And my website is infusedoperations.com. Infusedoperations.com, yeah. So um, if you don't know what a fractional COO is, um, if you're a business owner and your business is you know, mid-size. I really don't work with a lot of startups, although I do give a lot of advice and information to startups to help them start up on the right foot. And so definitely check out my blog and everything. But if you're a mid-size company, say between two and 200 employees or so, uh, I can come alongside, help you work through projects, challenges you have, you know, if you need to hire, fire, if you're trying to grow or sell or, you know, whatever. So... You're the That's go-to gal. Do. Good job. I am the go-to gal for that, yeah. So. And one um, last shout-out for, I'd like to give one last to Cannabis Cactus, who helped yes. keep me up-to-date and informed. And you can find me as one of the contributing writers for Cannabis Cactus at Dear Mama, where I answer yes. your cannabis-related questions. And they've been a great support, and I want to give them back a little shout-out. That's how I keep my nose in all the research is I'm always writing something for them and finding new things. I've got some great stuff to talk about coming up too with um, one of the largest beverage in the adult beverage industries um, infusion of money into the Canadian cannabis industry. So we'll talk about that maybe next week. All right, then everybody puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, pass. Peace out. (laughs) Stay lifted off. Bye. Yeah.
Join us every Thursday as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com.